Well, Merry Christmas, Pathway family. I am so glad you're here with us for this fourth weekend of our series, Christmas Playlist. You know, this environment just oozes with the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, I can just feel the kids jingle belling and everyone telling, be of good cheer. And one of the key things that makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year are gifts. And there are two things that are critical for a great gift. And the first one is, it's got to be something that you want or need. You might have heard me share that my mom always used to give me toothpaste and deodorant in my stocking. And when I was a kid, I certainly didn't think I needed that. And I definitely didn't want it taking up precious real estate inside of my stocking. I wanted the good stuff to be in there. But she knew what I needed. Then the second criteria of a great gift is it's got to be something that you can't get on your own. You know, the most wonderful gift that I can ever remember receiving was when I got a 10-speed bicycle. When I got a 10-speed bicycle, I just wanted some cool transportation. But there was no way I could have ever gotten it on my own. The cost was way more than I could have ever afforded myself. But I can remember waking up one Christmas morning and going downstairs and seeing right beside the Christmas tree a brand new 10-speed bicycle. I mean, it was super cold outside that Christmas, but I can remember throwing on some clothes and going out and riding my new 10-speed bicycle up and down that street. You see, the truth is, there is no way I could have ever gotten that bike on my own. With the resources that I had, my mom and dad had to get that bike for me. And when they did, it communicated to me that they loved me and that they wanted the very best for my life. And so when I got that bike, man, there was just this flood of emotions that poured into my heart. And as I was riding that bike for those first few weeks, I was just so thankful for my mom and dad. And I was just so thankful for that bike. You know, the truth is, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year because that's when we received the most wonderful gift that we could have ever gotten. One that we needed and one that we could have never gotten on our own. And that gift was Jesus. And in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, we really get a picture of why it's so wonderful. And it says there, and there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. Well, what I want to do today is unwrap, really, a few phrases from the Christmas story that show, indeed, that it is the most wonderful time of the year. first phrase I want to unwrap for you today is don't be afraid. I really believe that we underestimate the influence of fear on our lives. 
You know, fear drives us to do the things that we do, to make choices that we make, and to go in the directions that we go. But when fear drives us, we make bad decisions, we make poor choices, and we end up in places we regret. And it's all because of fear. Yet the angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Now, there were a lot of reasons for the shepherds to be afraid that night. The shepherds were living in Palestine and there were Roman soldiers everywhere. They could be arrested at any time without reason. They could have been in prison or they could have even been executed without cause. And they were guarding their flocks, guarding their flocks against rustlers, against thieves, and even against wild animals. And when the angel appeared to them that night, they were terrified. The King James Version, in fact, says they were sore afraid. It was kind of like the first grader who was given a role in the Christmas pageant of the angel. And his mother rehearsed with him his one line over and over again. It is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. But when the time came for the pageant, the little boy walked onto the stage and with all the floodlights and the crowd around him, he got unnerved and he couldn't remember his line. So suddenly he burst out, it's me and I'm scared to death. You see, he was just like the shepherds. He was sore afraid. And the truth is for us, we live in a terrifying time. I mean, there seems to be fear. There seems to be unrest all around us. We've got the war in the Ukraine. We've got record inflation. And we've got ongoing political tensions. So maybe for you this Christmas, it's an overarching fear that's got you unnerved. Or maybe for you, it's something different. It's a little more personal, like a fear of a health concern, a fear for your kids, or a fear about some other relationship. But remember in our story, the angel said to the shepherds, and he says to us today, don't be afraid. And the reason Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year is because Jesus came to save us from our fears. Now, Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have trouble, but he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So this Christmas, enjoy the reality that this is the most wonderful time of the year because God says to you, don't be afraid. Now this announcement from the angels was particularly powerful to the shepherds. Shepherds were not the top of society back in the first century. They were at the bottom. Shepherds back then weren't even permitted to give legal testimony because their word wasn't considered trustworthy. They were considered more like thieves, really similar in some ways to how people might view homeless people today. And shepherds were outcasts, not only because they were untrustworthy, but also because they were spiritually unclean. They were spiritually unclean because they weren't allowed to participate in the annual feasts and holy days that made up the Jewish religious calendar. So they were outcast socially and they were unclean spiritually. But do you know what happens in our story? God announces the coming of Jesus to them first. 
And to me, that's so powerful because God didn't announce his coming to King Herod. He didn't announce his coming to the leading religious people of the day, the Pharisees. No, instead, God announced his coming to the lowliest people in society. He announced his coming to the shepherds. He said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people. So the next phrase I want to unwrap for you today that makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year is all people. Jesus came for all people. You see, Jesus came for those who are lost, for those people who are struggling. He came for unlikely people that everyone else in the world doesn't think deserves it. You know, a perfect example of this is in the ancestry of Jesus. It says in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, who was the mother of Tamar. And if I were to keep on reading here through the rest of Matthew chapter 1, you would see a long list of names, just one name right after another. So it makes me kind of wonder, why does Matthew start the Christmas story with a long list of names? Well, we know that the book of Matthew was written to a Jewish audience, and this genealogical list at the beginning of the book of Matthew was to establish the historical legitimacy of Jesus. So at one level, it isn't very surprising. But at another level, what is so surprising is to see the names that Matthew chooses to include on his list. Because there are a whole bunch of people on this list that you would have thought he would have left out. For example, Manasseh. Manasseh was an evil man who threw his firstborn son into a fire as a sacrifice to a pagan god. Why would you want to include him? You could have easily left him out. Another unlikely person who he leaves on the list is Judah, who is an adulterer and a cold-hearted hypocrite. A little bit farther down, you come across Rahab. Rahab was a foreign woman, which you wouldn't expect to see a foreign woman on a Jewish genealogy. And besides that, her occupation was that of a prostitute. Why on earth would you include a prostitute on a genealogical list if you didn't have to? A little bit further down, you come across David, which is a name you might expect to see. But then Matthew brings up Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the woman David had an adulterous affair with and then murdered her husband and then married her in an attempt to cover the whole thing up. And when he mentions Bathsheba, he doesn't call her Bathsheba. Instead, he calls her the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, almost really underlining David's sin of adultery. So you see, even in the genealogy of Jesus, it reveals the truth of what the angel said to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people, even people who failed, even people who've taken another drink when they've been sober for a hundred days even people who've lost their temper and said things they regret, and even people 
who others have said are divorced, addicted, or convicted. Jesus still loves them, and he still loves you. Jesus came for all people. You know, I remember going to a Christmas party at a sober living house one time. And there was a lady there that all called Jennifer, who shared she'd lost her car, she'd lost her house, and was possibly going to lose custody of her kids. She'd come from a very difficult background and had recently gotten out of prison. But she learned where the scriptures say, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. She'd learned that the good news of Christmas is for all people. And she became a Christ follower. And when she became a Christ follower, she received the most wonderful gifts. She received the gift of hope, the gift of sobriety, and the gift to believe, even if she doesn't get her kids back, that God still has a plan. You see, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year because it's not about where we come from, but instead, it's about who Jesus came for. He came for you. He came for me. He came for all Now, the final phrase that I want to unwrap for you that really makes Christmas the most wonderful time of the year is where the angels say to the shepherds, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So the final phrase is a Savior. You see, God sent his son Jesus in the world to be our Savior. Now, one of the things that people frequently say to me is that they don't believe in God because why would a loving God allow evil to happen in this world? And that is a great question. I've asked that question myself. But another question that I've asked myself is, what if we're the ones that are perpetrating the hurt and the suffering in this world? What if the truth is that the choices of human beings are the reason why things are going so bad in our world? And the reason God sent his son Jesus to come into the world was to save us, was to save us from us. That Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to be able to deceive the world. He didn't come to control the world. He actually came to save, to save the world. And the proof is how he did it. Jesus came into this world. As a defenseless baby, he grew up, he became a man, and he was tempted in every way. Then he died on a cross as a perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins and to rescue us from imminent death and to be able to give us life. And it wasn't just life eternally, but it's abundant life now. And that's why Jesus says in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I mean, what an incredible promise that is. Not just a life, not just an existence, but a life of meaning, a life of purpose, an abundant life now. You know, I heard one of our global mission partners uh, talk about a lady that I'll call Nyla, uh, who lives in a very remote village in India. And Nyla's life was very difficult growing up. 
She worked hard all day long, and she lived in a small house with a thatched roof. She didn't get married until later in life, and immediately after she got married, she and her husband began to struggle. Her husband was abusive, both physically and verbally. And as a result, Nyla became very discouraged and depressed. And Nyla's husband then became ill a few years later. And, and so Nyla every day was taking care of him until eventually he passed away. But not long after that, though, our Pathway Mission Partner visited her village. And he shared with her the good news about Jesus. And Nyla had never heard such amazing news before, and she was so blown away, she surrendered her heart to the person of Jesus Christ and was baptized. And, and Jesus so totally changed Nyla's outlook on life that she became known in her village as the woman who dances. And Nyla's life change ended up being so profound. Her son saw that. He surrendered his life to Jesus as well, and now Nyla's son has become one of the pastors in her village. You see, God gave us the gift of Jesus to be our Savior, and that wonderful gift isn't just eternal life that's sometime else in heaven, but it's the abundant life that he wants for us right now. But I know today that the reality is that there are many of you here that Christmas doesn't feel like the most wonderful time of year. It doesn't feel like some kind of an abundant life now. You know, like I shared a couple weeks ago, because of my mom's passing, she's not going to be here this Christmas. Things aren't going to be the same. It doesn't feel quite so wonderful. And I know, I know many of your stories that you have similar things going on in your own life right now. Things aren't the way that you want them to be. And maybe it's a family problem. Maybe for some of you, it's a health problem. It's an emotional problem. Or maybe it's just a problem in a relationship. And it feels like today as you're here for Christmas, it just feels like the life is leaking out of you. But I want to let you know today, whatever is going on in your life, God says to you, he says to you today, don't be afraid. I've got good news it's of great joy, and it's for everybody. It's for everybody. There's a Savior, and his name is Jesus. A Savior who's bigger than any problem that you're ever going to face. A Savior who will never leave you or forsake you. And a Savior who brings you life, not just some kind of an abundant life that's sometime way uh, uh, again in eternity, but it's an abundant life now who makes Christmas, who makes Christmas this year indeed the most wonderful time of the year. So as we begin to close today, I just want us to pray. I just want us to pray together. So I just want to invite everyone right now, just at all of our locations, to be able just to bow your head, to close your eyes with me, and I just want to spend some time talking to God in prayer. And as we begin to pray right now, I know there are many of you who've never truly unwrapped the gift. Never truly unwrapped the gift of the Savior. You've never truly experienced the most wonderful time of the year. And I want to let you know today 
that just like those angels called out to those shepherds, that very first Christmas, God's Spirit, God's Spirit calls out to you today. He calls out to you today to embrace the Savior, to be able to make Jesus Christ the leader, the Savior of your life. And so I want to give you an opportunity this Christmas to be able to unwrap the gift, to be able to unwrap the gift of Jesus and to be able to make Jesus your leader, to make him your Savior. So I want to encourage you, I want to invite you. Man, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity right now to be able to make Jesus your leader and your Savior, to be able to make this Christmas the best Christmas ever, to make this Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. So I just want to invite you right now, right now, pray this prayer with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior. But thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth at Christmas time to be able to rescue me and to save me from my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you to be the leader and the Savior of my life. And thank you. Thank you for eternal life in heaven. And thank you for the abundant life that you give me Now, with everybody's head still bowed right now and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you made Jesus the leader and the Savior of your life, if you unwrap the gift of Jesus this Christmas, man, I just want you to raise your hand up real high right now just to say to God that you unwrap that gift this Christmas and that you're part of his family. Raise up your hand real high. Say that to God this Christmas. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I see those hands. Praise God. Raise your hand real high. Say it to God. Say it to God that you unwrap that gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much today for my friends, my brothers and sisters to unwrap the gift. Unwrap the gift of the Savior today. God, I just pray you bless them. God, I pray that you just would give them strength. I pray that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit, that they would be able to experience in a fresh and a new way the most wonderful time of the year. And God, I just pray for all of us that as we think about Christmas, that we would embrace that in a fresh way, God. God, we know that you would even use the difficulty of our life right now for your good, to be able to shape us, to mold us into the people that you want us to be, that you never waste anything in our life, but you're totally efficient, God. That, God, that you just want us to be able to enjoy you this Christmas, and we love you, and we just pray all these things right now in Jesus' name. Amen.